Welcome to Parenting Today's Teens, a daily podcast that provides stories, insights, and wisdom to help you gain a deeper relationship with your teen. On today's episode, Mark Gregston sits down for a conversation with a couple of Heartlight's teens. For the past two decades, Heartlight has become the country's premier residential counseling center and boarding school for struggling teens. Founded in 1998 by Mark Gregston and his wife Jan, Heartlight is a program that not only modifies behavior, but one that seeks to offer a unique transformative journey through a relational experience that offers counseling, small group therapy, academics, and activities. We hope you find encouragement as you listen to these stories today. Annalisa, thank you for being a part of the program. I, you know, I'm always interested to see somebody that is as vibrant as you talk about what's going on in your life. I, and and you ended up at Heartlight for some reason. And I, and I don't know why. <laughs> but why are you here? <laughs> um, a lot of reasons. I think people always ask me why I'm here, and I'm always like, uh, I'm kind of a mixture of everything. Wow. Uh, well. I think growing up, I never really lived in a stable home. I moved around a lot. My dad was never home. My parents got divorced when I was seven and then remarried when I was like nine. And They remarried each other. Mm-hmm, wow. They remarried each other. And since then, they've been like separated probably every year and then they get back together and separated but never wanted to get divorced again and they kept mm. having kids and it was just kind of a mess and we kept moving around throughout all that. So I just like got really depressed and I was just anxious all the time and started doing drugs and drinking, a little bit of self-harm, just like everything I could to just like make myself feel better. And I ended up going to boarding school in New York in Long Island. Um, I went there for a year and a half and I ended up not boarding for a semester because my mom said, dad's not going to be here because I'm not close to my dad at all. And she said, you know, dad's not going to be here. Come home. Uh, it's just going to be us and the kids and it'll be good. So I was like, all right, I'll be a day student. So I went back. My dad ended up moving in two weeks later (laughs) and I just got like really depressed. Like things were just terrible. And I got into like a ton of drugs, like stuff that I wasn't into before. And I ended up overdosing and I was in the ICU for five days. I couldn't really walk. And so after that, my parents were like, you're going to a program. And I was like, no, I'm not. It's not happening. So that summer I was just like – I was supposed to be sober, but I wasn't. I was on drugs the whole summer. They didn't really know until the end. And I was in a really unhealthy relationship and that ended and then everything just started going downhill. And then got transported here October 11th of 2016. Transported. So like an escort – somebody came and escorted you here. 5 a.m. Why? Mm -hmm. Because you were so bad that you were going to run away or fight them or because – why? Because I wouldn't come willingly. They tried to bribe me, but – wasn't going to happen. Wasn't going to happen. Okay, so okay, let me let me back up because you made a comment. I was doing everything I could to feel better. Mm-hmm. Uh, so self harm, how d- just for the for our listeners, how does self harm when you either cut on yourself or burn yourself or how does that make you feel better? I just felt so numb and just like so not alive almost, and it was just like to feel something. It's hmm. kind of like being high. It gives you a different feeling. 
Okay, so you, w- when you go back and you look at where all those feelings are coming from, do you place it on moving around a lot and mom and dad getting divorced to the unstableness of your home? I Honestly, I put it a lot on my relationship with my dad. It was just always really rough. I never felt like loved or accepted by him. Would he say that? Mm-hmm. So if I had asked him the question, hey, where do you think a lot of your daughter's problems have come from? He'd say? He would say probably me at this point. Yeah. yeah. Well, has that been hard for him to accept? Oh, yeah. He gets sad about it. He doesn't like to talk about it. We don't talk about it anymore just because it makes him kind of like there's nothing he can do to change it. He tries well, there's something own. you can do to change to engage in your life now mm-hmm. where he hasn't been there before. Mm-hmm. You know, Maybe that realization would... Kind of kick him in a little bit, mm-hmm. and I think it has. Like he does a better. I have four younger siblings, and my oldest brother is sixteen, mm-hmm. so he's kind of like already not so great with him. But with my three younger siblings, he's closer to them, yeah. and they love him, yeah. and he's nice to them. Spends time with them. Like when I grew up, he spent no time with me. Wow. Like I have zero memories of us together, and so the fact that he's like around them and with them, I think, is a change. Kind of a good thing. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Let me ask you this. What do you think is the biggest challenge that kids your age face? Being accepted. Just like feeling Mm. loved and accepted and wanted and like good enough. I would say that's like the main struggle for everyone I know. So how do you, how does that happen with Instagram and Snapchat and, you know, some of the old ones, Facebook and, Mm -hmm. but I mean, how does, how do you find that? in those mediums. Mm-hmm. Make yourself look good. Make yourself look pretty. You edit your pictures, add some filters, or you post stuff at parties to show you have a lot of friends, stuff like that. Okay. So do you realize that how fake that becomes eventually where you kind of go, it's kind of oh, weird. Yeah. Majority of social media is pretty fake, I'd say. It's like the motives behind it are kind of messed up, but you think that brings about anxiety or or causes most people to get depressed or what? Um, I think, see, like I remember when I was at home and I like had a phone and stuff and social media, sometimes like if I had an ex-boyfriend and I saw that he like posted something, I'd get upset. I'd be mm-hmm. like, wow, he's doing all this and I'm like here sitting at home right now. And kind of like you compare your lives to like other people's lives, even though it's like not completely accurate. And like that made me upset. Yeah. Like felt like I wasn't good enough or... Well. I compare my life to everybody else on Facebook because when I get on Facebook, it seems like everybody else is on a vacation but me. Do you ever notice that? Everybody's always playing and having a good time and I'm going, I'm working my tail off to Mm -hmm. do things, but everybody else is, and and you start to think, okay, that's not fair. Then you go, well, I'm, it's not, it's not fair for me not to take off more. Maybe I need to take off more time. Maybe I need to, and I'm going, what I'm doing is comparing my life to everybody else's and I think when you do that, when everybody makes it look perfect and good and wonderful, you always come out on the short end of the stick, you know, and I, so you're always somewhat defeated that you just couldn't measure up to be what you're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. You ever deal with that? Yeah, for sure. I think my mom struggles with that a little bit. Really? And I love my mom, but her Facebook posts are so annoying sometimes because even like being at Heartlight, she'll post like... Fun weekend and visiting Annalisa, and it's like makes it look like a vacation. Like you see all the horses, and it's like it's nice and stuff, but it's like, mom, it's not a vacation. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. we're not here to party, you know. Yeah. 
And so sometimes it's a little like over the top. Over the top. And wow. I think that people portray their, themselves in the ways they want to be wow. portrayed rather yeah. than what it actually is. Okay, let me ask you this. What do you long for from your family more than anything else? I think that I want to be accepted and I want to be respected and I want to be someone that they use as like a positive example. Hmm. Like I want them to view me as a good role model for like my siblings or like for other people. I don't want to be like used as a negative example of what you don't want to be. Yeah. It's interesting that it's not I want to be loved. I want to, I want to have a calm home. I, you know. Any of those come in there? Yeah, for sure. I think loved is definitely a huge part too. But I think if your parents respect you and for me, like if my parents, my parents are very protective over like the little ones just because they're trying to raise them in a better way. Yeah. So for them to say like you're a good role model, I trust you is just like a huge thing for me yeah. just because I've messed yeah. up so much in the past. It would kind of like show that they loved me, yeah. I guess is the way I view yeah. it. Oh, cool. Cool. Well, I, I am so proud of you. I mean, I mean, I just I look at all of it, I'm, and everybody here is so proud of you. Just the growth that we've all seen. And, well, keep doing well. We're proud of you. Thank you. Over the years, Mark Gregston's one-liners and devotional insights have been a source of encouragement, amusement, and inspiration for people all over the world. Now, the very best of these quotations have been collected into not one, not two, but three beautifully designed coffee table books that can be given as gifts, placed in a doctor's office, or placed in your own living room. Whether you're looking for wit, wisdom, encouragement, or even a challenge to dig deeper into the vital role of parents, all three volumes of Stepping Stones will deliver. Each beautifully bound hardback of Stepping Stones is $7.99, or you can get all three for $19.99. Visit ParentingTeenResources.org to get all three volumes of Stepping Stones today. Hey, Manny, thanks for being a part of the program. Tell me a little bit about yourself. How did, how did a good-looking guy like you end up in East Texas at a place called Heartlight? Um, well, I had a few family issues back home and started experimenting with drugs and other stuff, you know, just getting a little bit rebellious and wanting to try new stuff. Yeah. Um, my parents got really restrictive and as that went on, like I sort of tried to get away from them and try to be my own person and then things just spiraled out of control, just punishment after punishment from my parents and then like me being more rebellious and more and more. So what do you think you were fighting against your parents? I mean, the common theme that I hear from just about everybody that we talk to doing this radio thing, kids wise, they say, my parents are restrictive. Um, I wanted to try some things. I got curious, you know, what was it that you were pushing against, against mom and dad? Um, I don't know. I'd I'd mostly say, like, I'd probably pushing, um, the fact, like, I wanted to be, like, the winner, I guess. And, like, just by, like, not listening to them kind of made me feel like I was winning, even though it really wasn't, because things just got tougher. Did you feel like it was a fight all the time? 
Yeah, for sure. For your freedom or? It was for my freedom and sort of just like wanting to like my parents just not always to be on my tail and like just like let me live my own life. And like even after being here for like five, six months, it's still like a struggle, like talking on the phone with them. They're just very controlling still and it's kind of tough. Why do you think that is? Why do you think parents are controlling? I guess that would be the question. Um, I think big reason is that I've lost a lot of trust between them, um, between like my parents and I. And um, it's just like after that, it's just been a struggle. But like I feel like a lot of it could have been solved if I just had like better communication skills and communicate with them and like just didn't fight with them over unneeded stuff all the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Do you think that that parents are scared of this culture a little bit? Yeah, for sure. They're definitely confused and they really just like don't understand like what I'm going through and like why I do the stuff that I do and don't really ask why. They just focus on like punishing me rather than asking the question, why is he doing this? Or like they just like keep on putting punishments, and I think they really should just ask why is he doing this? Thinking that the punishment's going to correct you exactly, and and make sure that everything's okay. But but okay, so let me ask you, why, why why do you think your motivation was as strong as it was? Um, I'd say like honestly, I just was tired of it, like tired of just like them getting more and more restrictive over, like, the little things. So as you were getting older, they were becoming more restrictive than less restrictive and letting you control your own life. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I don't really know how to word this, but if I feel like if we could have just talked, talked about it, and, like, they actually just, like, didn't just weren't afraid of, like, the stuff that they didn't know and tried to actually understand it, then... There'd be a lot less conflict. Yeah. And like same on my part. Like I was definitely more closed minded about things like that they wanted to do, like going to church and doing activities like together and always going places and doing stuff as a family. I just have a really big family. Yeah. Just always doing stuff together. It was just like I just want to be my own person. I don't want to always have to go shopping with mommy and daddy and doing stuff like that. Always being whatever, and them controlling every aspect of my life. You know? Are you the oldest in your family? I'm the youngest. The youngest? Exactly. Yeah. You would think they would lighten up a little bit as the time passed. Yeah. Um, I was, like, I think a big part of this is, like, I was adopted whenever I was three, and, like, I feel sort of like, like, that doesn't change anything for me. Like, my mm. parents, I love them. I don't want to know my biological parents like, I won't want to go back to them whenever yeah, I'm 18. Yeah. Like, I don't really care about them at all. But my parents now, like, they're everything I have. Right. I, I still love them even though we disagree on a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. I know they'll always be there for me. You think they love you? For sure. They well, definitely yeah, show a lot of care. Like, especially not giving up on me and sending me to this place. Yeah. Like, I know it's not the best thing, but, like, not the best thing to, like, want to be here, but... It's definitely, like, something that I need, and I need to get through this. It's definitely helping me a little bit. Yeah. Okay, so why do you need to get through it? Um, I just know it's unhealthy. <laughs> to continue to do what you're doing? Yeah. 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 So you learn now rather than learning later. 
Yeah. You know, kind of thing. Okay, so what so what have you learned the most since you've been at Heartline? Um, I for sure learned like to have like patience and like not let the little things get to me and to like not be lazy. That's like the dumbest thing ever. Like just being lazy and like just taking like instead of throwing away like all the little opportunities, just like taking them in and just enjoying them. And not always complaining and being negative. Yeah. And just like soaking the good. Okay, what about counseling? Does that work? Does that work for you? Um, it definitely is working. It's definitely it's getting somewhere. At the beginning when I first started, I wasn't sure where it was going. But yeah. it's definitely like it's doing a lot better. I kinda wish it was like a little bit more often, but it's definitely like it's definitely helped me. If it wasn't there, it would be like a struggle a lot. But more. But, but if you yeah, if you want it to happen more often, then you must be getting something out of it. Yeah, for sure. It's That's definitely cool. helping me discover new things and thinking about things that I never would have thought of. Well, that's the purpose of it. So that's kind of cool. That's kind of cool. Okay, where do you see yourself in 10 years? Do you look that far ahead? Um, honestly, um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm probably going to have a job in computer uh, programming or uh, IT work or anything in that field. Um, just really good with electronics and yeah. Stuff like that. Well, so. cool. Cool, cool. Well, look, man, thanks for being a part of the program. You know, I, I think there's probably a, a ton of parents out there going, wait a minute, that's my son that Mark's talking to. Because I think a lot of kids are going through the same thing that you've gone through. It's just trying to trying to find themselves in the midst of the of sometimes the chaos, but in the midst of trying to do this family thing. And so I appreciate you you sharing your heart. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Parenting Today's Teens. For more information, visit parentingtodaysteens.org. And to learn more about Heartlight, visit heartlightministries.org. If this podcast has been helpful to your family, please share it or give us a quick rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Of course, you can listen to Parenting Today's Teens wherever you listen to podcasts. Join us tomorrow for another great episode. We'll talk to you then.